0: This is Bruce Wayne. You probably know me better as Batman. Well, last time you saw me, I'd faked my death and started a new life with Selina Kyle. Well, it's been over ten years since then, and a lot has happened. Let me catch you up to speed before you hear the story of what happens next. Well, things didn't work out with Selina. That clean slate she was after only lasted so long, and soon she was back to her old ways. Meanwhile, things in Gotham were only getting worse. I had left everything to my new friend, John Blake, and he was doing his best. But he needed help. He needed training. He needed a partner. So I returned to Gotham resumed life as it were both as Bruce Wayne and as Batman John Blake and I spent many years fighting crime together until his untimely death John Blake isn't the only one we've lost many friends have passed over recent years but I've made some new friends though like Clark Kent from Metropolis he thought I was cool You gotta see this guy's superhero disguise. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you've heard of Superman. Yeah, well, he's been a great friend. And as you probably know, my life has been full of, well, not so friendly people. Well, many of them are gone now, like the Joker. He's gone. As far as Superman, his greatest adversary, Lex Luthor is locked up, hopefully for good. And things for Clark Kent have been going pretty good, too. He worked things out with his longtime love, Lois Lane, and they got married. However, I think things have gotten pretty rocky for them, but we'll see. I'm rooting for them. Things are about to get rocky for both of us, but I'll let the story do the telling. So here we go.
1: to you live from the Freedom Monument here in Metropolis, where just moments ago, a heavy-duty SUV crashed and exploded into the base of the 700-foot monument in an apparent terrorist attack. Many are feared dead or critically injured. A mass assailant was reportedly seen fleeing the scene, as you can see behind me. Well, um, it appears that an angry mob of people have captured the fleeing terrorist. And, and it doesn't look pretty. Oh my goodness, and here comes Superman.
2: Everyone stop. Now, stand back. Listen to me. You have the right to your anger.
1: What are you doing, Superman? Why are you protecting this terrorist?
2: You can't kill him. Justice will be done. You have my word.
3: Moments later, Superman flies over the river, carrying the unconscious terrorist. Then suddenly, the thug opens his eyes. You're a lifesaver,
4: Superman.
3: But what's the expression? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The criminal raises his arm as his watch flips open, and a blast of green glowing kryptonite dust hits Superman in the face. Superman trembles in shock and pain, dropping the terrorist from his grasp. The criminal falls away toward the river, smiling. Meanwhile, Superman tumbles downward, dropping like dead weight toward the water. Moments later, he crashes into the river with a tremendous splash. After a long, aching moment, Superman bursts to the surface of the water, gasping for air. He flies into the sky, hovering in the air as his powers are restored in the sunlight. The hero then peers downward, looking for signs of the terrorist. He flies down to where he sees a grinning face. Upon reaching it, he finds that it is merely a synthetic mask left there like discarded skin. Inside the mask are the words, hand scrawled in freakish red letters. This is the beginning. Days have passed since the mysterious terrorist attack in Metropolis, leaving a ripple of anger and confusion. However, in the city of Gotham, there is a glorious wedding taking place. Inside Wayne Manor, Bruce Wayne and his lovely bride Elizabeth Miller take their vows. Billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne has finally found the love of his life, He wishes, though, that some had lived to see this day. He would have loved to look out into the crowd and seen his closest friend and butler, Alfred Pennyworth, or his great ally, Commissioner Gordon, or his good friend and crime-fighting partner, John Blake. But sadly, all have passed away. Many close friends, though, like the new Commissioner, Barbara Gordon, are in attendance. During the elegant wedding reception, the best man approaches the groom,
2: Congratulations, my friend. Elizabeth, she seems perfect for you. Almost too perfect.
0: Thanks, Clark. You doing okay? You seem a little out of it.
2: Couldn't be better.
0: All these years, you'd think you'd be better at lying.
2: Hey, not my strong suit.
0: Any word from Lois?
2: Bruce, this is your day.
0: Clark... It's okay, you can tell me.
2: We're getting a divorce. It's the job, you know. Truth, justice, and the American way. Doesn't leave a lot of time. Clark, I'm... I'm so sorry. It's okay. What, it, it been five years now since Batman's been gone? Do you ever miss it?
0: Some nights I wake up to the sound of sirens. My heart starts pounding, sure. But it's just, after Blake was murdered, it stopped being about justice. It started being about revenge. But here's the thing about blood. You develop a taste for it, then a thirst. I was putting them in the hospital, and it wasn't enough. I wanted to kill them. But I knew if I started killing, I wouldn't stop. You wouldn't understand. It's a human weakness we have, a human thing. So I put Batman away. It was time for me to live in the light.
2: Will you tell Elizabeth?
0: Nothing to tell. Batman's dead. So tell me, at the monument, what happened?
2: Kryptonite, the mask, the note. It was a setup, as if he knew I'd save him.
0: This guy's not finished. Be careful, okay?
3: (laughs) Days later, It's Bruce and Elizabeth's glorious honeymoon in a distant island. Elizabeth sneaks up behind Bruce in their dark, luxurious hotel room.
5: Boo! Scared of the dark?
3: No. And yes.
0: It's a complicated question.
5: There it is again. That look. The one that comes over you when you're hiding whatever it is you're still hiding from me. I've made you something for when everything seems at its worst. To show you just how much I love you. It's a surprise.
0: I like surprises.
5: It has to be just the right time. But for now, what do you say we go to bed?
0: I won't say no to that. Hey, what should we do tomorrow?
5: Anything you like.
0: I think you know what I like.
5: Goodness, Bruce.
6: My mother warned me about men like you.
0: As I remember, your mother warned you about me. Specifically, by name. It wasn't that funny, sweetheart. Lizzie? Oh
3: my god. Elizabeth, breathe. Elizabeth! Breathe. Please, no. Bruce rushes to the bedroom. As Elizabeth's laugh dies, her head falls back, her face distorted by horrid rigor, her eyes bulging, her mouth twisted impossibly wide into a ghastly joker-esque smile. A small dart sticks out from her neck, painted bumblebee-like, with yellow and black stripes. Bruce plucks it with trembling hands, his eyes filling with tears. He cradles his dead wife in his arms. Something catches Bruce's eye, and his breath halts in his throat as he stares in utter horror. On the wall in front of him, red letters are scrawled, displaying the message This is the beginning of the end. Days later, a devastated Bruce Wayne relents in his library. Towering walls of books, stained glass windows illuminated by flashes of lightning. He crosses the dark room towards a bookcase set against the far wall. A concerned friend approaches. Bruce?
0: What are you doing here, Clark?
2: I'm so sorry about what happened. I saw the message in the hotel room. Whoever's attacking you, he's attacking both of us. You should go. Bruce, I've known you too long, not to know what you're thinking.
0: No, you can't imagine what I'm thinking. When I find whoever did this, and when I do, I'm gonna kill them.
2: It won't ease the horror. Letting justice turn into vengeance. You hung up your cowl so that wouldn't happen. Remember? Kill, and you become the dark. You've spent your whole life fighting. You can't go back into that cave. You'll destroy everything you are. Everything you've done. And all those deaths, even Elizabeth's, will be in vain.
0: Don't, don't you dare. Don't you
7: dare say her name!
0: Why didn't you let the mob have it, Clark? You and your rules. What do you know about human suffering? You're from space. You're a space freak looking down on us, preaching storybook wisdom. You don't have the right. You don't have the right. That's what Lois knew. You're not even one of us. How dare you decide who lives and who dies. Now look what's happened.
2: You killed her. I'm sorry.
7: If you're looking for forgiveness, you came to the wrong place.
2: I'll find who did this. But you can't murder him, old friend. I I won't let you. How dare you? Bruce, please.
3: Get out of my house. Listen to me. Get out now. Clark hopelessly gives, bowing his head in sadness then leaves. Bruce watches him go, anger burning in his face. His eyes close, a man poised on the threshold of utter rage. He turns around and opens the bookcase like a door, revealing a secret entrance. One he thought he'd never enter again. He waits a moment, then loosens his tie and steps into the terrible darkness.
0: Authorization code Wayne 1. Initiate reactivation sequence. Voice
6: Confirmed.
3: Suddenly, lights begin to illuminate the chamber, revealing an immense five-story cavern cut out of solid rock. The first story features laboratories lined by supercomputers and below are shuttered workshops and training rooms. Further down are weapons storage, a command center, and at the very bottom an empty circular vehicle platform facing a tunnel.
6: They'll say code required. They'll
3: say code required. Bruce begins to walk calmly down the stairways as lights flash red, bathing the cave in a bloody glow.
5: 30 seconds to gain destruct. 20 seconds to gain destruct. 15 seconds to gain destruct. 10 seconds to gain destruct. 5,
0: 4, 3. Deactivate failsafe. Confirmation code 1939.
3: all immediately goes back to normal as Bruce hangs his head almost as in defeat then he looks up
0: Alfred I need you
3: suddenly a holograph which resembles the late Alfred Pennyworth appears he then speaks in his bionic programmed artificial voice
4: at your service it's been a
1: long time sir Five you if I'm correct you seem so real. That is
3: how you program me, sir. Bruce stands over the bat computer and removes a silver case from his jacket. From within, he lifts the small bumblebee dart and lays it on a scanning panel set into the main console.
0: I need a full workup on this. Spectographs, toxicology, DNA. Search for any matches. Don't
2: no DNA
1: matches besides
2: your own no abnormal radiations.
4: The doctors contain a nerve-boxing inconsistent with the compound
1: used by the Joker.
0: Why? Why haunt me with the ghost of a dead man? Why did she have to die?
1: Why not me?
3: If I may be so bold, sir, who might she be? Bruce just looks at him, then turns to the giant dark wall
0: Reactivate the surveillance net monitor all law enforcement bands. judicial database street cameras and prison surveillance systems Look for keywords Joker Elizabeth Wayne Batman kryptonite mask Superman In
2: progress
3: put now sir Bruce crosses to a shining steel door and keypad. He punches the buttons, then the door opens and a light gleams down, illuminating Batman's costume, awaiting resurrection. Alfred, I need the car. The platform below rotates, revealing the tumbler, Batman's armored tank of a vehicle, also known as the Batmobile.
7: This mask disappears from police lockup. Good story, Kent.
2: Thanks. But you didn't answer my question, Perry.
7: <sighs> I'm out of reporters here, Kent. How long do you need? Not long. A few days. Maybe a week. Is this about the whole thing with Lois? Uh, pardon? There are no secrets in a newsroom, son. Listen, I've been through this myself. Just takes time is all. You're supposed to hurt. After all, you're only human. Uh, Yeah. One week. And don't get lost.
2: Thanks. I'll do my best.
7: Olsen!
1: Coming, Chief.
3: The following morning, Clark arrives in Smallville the town where he grew up. He goes to his childhood home, now empty, void of the loving parents that fostered him. He heads to the barn and goes inside. He drops to his knees and balls both fists. He then smashes his hands through the cement floor, pulling away chunks of concrete as some tumbled downward. Buried beneath is a gleaming silver spaceship. Clark drops into the hidden bunker with the ship pressing a button on its side, The ship suddenly comes alive, embossed metal symbols glowing as it powers up. Open fuel chamber.
5: Warning. Kryptonite radiation levels exceed maximum tolerance.
3: Do it. A section of the hull becomes transparent, revealing a green rock within. Two polarized doors open like wings. The bunker is bathed in a powerful green glow, washing over Clark. Instantly, his face pales, veins emerging. Clark reaches into the chamber and removes the glowing kryptonite with tongs. The effect on him is awful as his body flinches, being poisoned by the lethal radiation. He drops to his knees, still holding onto the rock with the tongs, and manages to deposit it into a lead box and closes the lid. Clark pulls out an evidence bag containing the mask from the terrorist. It's the one that went missing, proving that Clark is the one that took it. Clark places the plastic evidence bag containing the mask inside the transparent fuel compartment, and the hatch doors close.
2: Commence engine start-up.
1: Analyzing fuel sample.
3: The sundial readout flickers into life. Clark stares into the fuel chamber as it begins to glow. The evidence bag and mask start to sear and burn, both melt away, leaving only tiny, hovering green particles, staring up at Clark in the taunting shape of a laughing green ghost. Later that day, Clark exits a local hardware store after picking up a few supplies. As he heads to his truck, he stops when he runs into an old friend. Lana?
5: Clark? What are you doing here?
2: Uh, Just decided to pay a visit?
5: How's Lois?
2: Fine, great.
5: You look well. Although, I guess that's predictable.
2: So do you, Anna. It's nice to see you. It's always nice to see you. It's good to be in Smallville. I've missed this place.
5: This place missed you.
2: Unfortunately, I'm not here long.
5: We're always doing this, saying goodbye. It's our strong suit. You know, I just wanted to say... I'm sorry about Lois. How did you know? I can read you. Plus, you're not wearing a wedding band. And neither am I.
2: (laughs) Lana, you wanna go for a walk?
5: I thought you'd never ask.
2: I've spent the last 20 years dictating what's right, what's wrong. Which of you can live, which can die? My code, but I'm not one of you. None of this is mine, not the sky, these fields, those stars, we're different. I I can't help wonder what it would be like, even for a moment, just to be human.
5: We were standing right here, so many years ago. Gosh, we were ever that young? You said you had to talk to me. You were so urgent, so nervous.
2: Nervous? I was terrified.
5: You took my hand, talked about the good you could do, how your powers were a blessing you had to share with the world. And you lifted me in your arms. And we flew. I remember. I really thought you were going to ask me to marry you. Lana... (sighs) Boy, I was wrong.
2: I... I didn't know. Lana, I'm so sorry.
5: Don't be. It was the strangest, most beautiful, and worst night of my life.
2: Why didn't you say something?
5: How could I? I saw what you saw in yourself. In time, I saw what Superman became. You touched so many more lives than just those you saved. You represented so much more. But I didn't fall in love with Superman. I fell in love with that clumsy little boy with glasses. I fell in love with Clark Kent. And on that night i lost him and i miss him terribly still
3: i'm right here and a kiss for all the years lost and the kiss is good
7: Right. Ready to rob this joint? Gotham National Bank. Doesn't get any better than this. Once we blow towards this safe deposit box open, it's all ours, boy. Just glad we don't have to worry about the Bat no more. God, stories, Pops. I don't think there ever been no Batman. Oh, there was. He was very real. You remember that kind of scared you get when you were a little kid? Drowning, begging scared... That's what he made you feel like.
1: So some whack job went running around with some wings and so what? So you shoot him. Bang. Done.
7: You don't even know, kid. Now blast that thing open. Whoa, look at those diamonds. Come on, let's bag them up and get out of here.
1: the
3: silhouette. It smells. Shh. Hold on. I saw something. What? Where'd he go? Suddenly, Batman drops from a vertical pipe in the drainage system. He stands in front of the burglars, blocking their way. The younger thief halts, face to face with the Dark Knight, terrified, quaking, unable to form words. Use your gun. The young thief ...foolishly tries to raise his gun to fire a shot. Too late. Batman whacks the gun out of his hand. He then sends a powerful punch into the thug's face. He sprawls onto the watery floor in agony. The leader drops his gun to the floor as he faces Batman. A look of resolute terror crosses his face. It's just you and me now. I... I... I give up. I surrender. Batman spins and kicks the leader, sending him flying into the filth. He then pulls the thug face to face.
1: You used to run with the Joker, so you're my man, Eddie. Spread the word. Batman lives. And whoever it is masquerading as the Clown Prince, his blood will spill. He's a dead man.
3: Inside a mysterious and dark warehouse in Gotham, There is a myriad of bizarre sights. An adult-sized crib, an outsized rocking chair, and a giant teddy bear. A lone individual occupies the grim location. His name is W.P. Scott, also known as Toyman. He works at a cluttered work table. His left hand is a mechanical claw. He uses tweezers on a small time bomb, complete with a small clock and diminutive sticks on TNT. Without looking, Toyman searches with his good right hand, feeling for something on the table. A gloved hand offers the screwdriver to Toyman, the one he was groping for.
1: Thank you, Batman. Oh, Batman! Sweet fatty atoms! What the hell are you doing here? Looking for you. How did you get past the alarm system? Tore it out. Well, What do you want? Or did you just I go around? Ask the questions. What is all this? What are you up to? Oh, 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 this? Oh, no, this is a harmless hobby. Oh, purely for my own amusement. What, what are you going to do? Have me taken in for unlawful tinkering?
3: Looks like your work to a man. Batman holds up the dart
1: that killed what, his, what, his wife. What, what is that? I, I don't know what you're implying. I've never seen that before in my life. If you've never seen it, then there's nothing more for you to fear than a pinbrick. Uh, uh, don't, careful now. I'm a bleeder. I'm going to ask questions. For every answer I don't like, the needle gets closer to your jugular. Occupational hazard. In the past, you've supplied the Joker with his deadly toys. That was never proven. I. Don't play with me. Who did you make this dart for? Now, I've never produced any such weaponry, nor supplied it to any person for any diabolical purposes. You hear me? You may take this as my absolute... Listen, to me unequivocal equivocal denial. Who's impersonating uh, the Joker? Uh, uh, no one! I swear, no one! Batman
3: inches the dart closer to Toyman's neck, then presses it against his flesh. Uh,
1: he's back! Joker's back!
3: A short time later, in the outskirts of Gotham... Batman walks the fog-shrouded night, past crooked gravestones and dead leafless trees. He passes several tombstones bearing familiar names, such as John Blake, James Gordon, and Alfred Pennyworth. He crosses the cemetery until he stops and stands before one grave. Candles and dead flowers adorn the headstone. Batman swipes the tribute away, revealing a name amongst the graffiti and pentagrams. The Joker... With a shovel, Batman digs up the grave with great urgency. When he finally reaches the black coffin, he claws the lid open. Batman stands to his feet, his eyes widening in disbelief. There is no corpse. Instead, a ghastly, garish face springs up. A giant, green-haired, white-skinned Joker face bobs up and down on a spring-loaded sleeve. Batman smashes the leering Joker face with his shovel, swinging and swinging, ripping into the papier-mâché skull until the laughter stops. The disgruntled vigilante throws his shovel, raises his fists, and stares into the dark sky with impossible rage. The Batmobile peels through the streets of Gotham at impossible speed. There's been a disturbance, of. Uh, uh... Batman cuts the wheel hard, his eyes fixed dead ahead, full of rage and determination. The scene is bizarre in Citizens Plaza, where the unbolted bat signal is lifted by a forklift. The forklift is operated by two mysterious men, both abnormally tall and lanky, wearing identical tuxedos. Also at the scene is two patrol cars. Problem is, the responding officers lay lifeless, face down on the ground. One man guides the forklift while the other drives displaying the bat-signal a awaiting outsized armored car. The Batmobile skids to a stop. The hood opens and Batman leaps out, glancing at the officers on the ground, then strides forward. The hero grabs one man and spins him around. His face is pale, black eyes, and his lips crudely sewn shut. This is Jeeves number one. Jeeves one swings incredibly fast, But Batman is faster, ducking the blow, open-palming the ghoul to the neck. Batman then whips a club from his utility belt and smashes the assailant back and forth across the face, with a final kick sending him flying to the wall. Batman looks up to see the other Jeeves as he jumps from the forklift, likewise monstrous with the same features as the first. The Cape Crusader leaps upwards, colliding with the monster in mid-air, spinning him as they fall and landing hard atop the creature. Batman delivers a series of powerful blows. Now now. Is that any way to treat the help, Batman? Batman reacts. He stands and steps away from the creature, trying to find where the voice is coming from. Meanwhile, The ghoulish creatures leap back to their feet with an almost blurring agility and unnatural speed, looking impossibly unfazed by Batman's powerful assault. Now, now, boys. Patience. You can eat them later. Back
4: to work. Now. Sweetheart, why so serious? Don't you recognize my voice? Allow me to reintroduce myself. You know me because you made me. You loathe me almost as much as you love me. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, behold, the new and improved, the one and only, the Harlequin, of- <laughs> the Joker, the man who will live in
3: infamy as Batman's murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Atop the armored car, a figure moves and steps forward into the flashing red lights, arms extended, bullhorn in one hand, swagger stick in the other. It's... the Joker. He glares down, lean and lethal, wearing his purple suit, green-haired, white-skinned, grinning with his wet, blood-red grin from ear to ear. Woo-hoo-hoo. Now that's what I call an entrance. <laughs> but...
4: but how? How? I come prancing back from the grave, and all you can manage is a miserable how... That's
3: a fair question, actually. But there's no time for answers right now? Joker tosses the bullhorn, does a handstand, and slips spryly down off the roof of the armored car. He lands on his feet between Jeeves 1 and 2. He gives a lethal smile as Batman races towards them full of rage. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, there's a little fight (laughs) in Yeah, I like that. Jeeves, too, grabs a flamethrower from the back of the armored car and opens fire on Batman. As a jet of flame issues, Batman ducks, wrapping himself inside his cape. Joker and Jeeves climb up, joining the Bat-signal in the rear of the armored car as Jeeves, too, ceases fire, joining them in the car. Fare thee well,
4: Batsy. Now that I've got your signal, I'll call you when I need you. By the way, did you miss me... I sure missed you,
3: (laughs) and we're gonna have a blast. (laughs) The rear doors to the armored car slam shut, revealing a painted Joker face. Before Batman can respond, the armored car pulls away. Meanwhile, Batman jumps back in his Batmobile and speeds away in pursuit. During the chase, The rear doors of the Joker's vehicle swing open. Batman prepares to open fire on the clown, but the Joker unleashes a series of large, colorful balls, which explode one by one. The Batmobile violently swerves, dodging the exploding bombs. Out of ammo, the Batmobile finally catches up to the Joker and begins ramming into the back of the armored car. Be a darling and bring Joker the big guy. A moment later, the Joker is brandishing a bazooka, which bears a familiar smiley face painted on it. Joker quickly shoots the missile, locked right on the Batmobile. Suddenly, Batman ejects himself from the Batmobile as he soars upward. The missile hits its target, destroying the Batmobile in a tremendous explosion. Meanwhile, using a grappling hook. Batman attaches himself to the fast-moving armored car as it continues to race away. He slowly pulls himself closer to the vehicle until he lands on the hood. Next, he attempts to break through the windshield using a combination of his fist and a battery. He manages to create a hole large enough to reach inside, desperately reaching for the Joker who is now behind the wheel. But he's just barely out of reach. Let's try, little boy. It looks like this is your stop. <laughs> Joker breaks with both feet, which throws Batman. The hero hits the pavement, rolling and tumbling brutally on the asphalt. Joker steps towards the fallen hero, who is too hurt to move. The clown assaults Batman with a volley of violent kicks while verbally attacking you.
4: Too bad your friend in the red and blue pajamas didn't kill me when he had the chance. Too bad for you. And... too bad for... Lizzie. So, when you see her on the other side, say...
3: Hi. (laughs) Joker's bearing down, crushing the light from Batman, when suddenly and oddly, both Jeeves grab Joker and pull him off of Batman.
4: Alright, the boys are right. Now's not the time. But don't despair, Brucey boy. You'll be tasting her cold kiss very, very
3: soon. <laughs> Batman can only watch as the Joker walks away, gets back into the armored car with his ghoulish thugs, and drives away. The broken hero slumps, bleeding and defeated. following morning in Smallville, Lana sits on the porch at Clark's childhood home. Clark heads back from the old barn, carrying a detached sundial from the Kryptonian ship. What's that? The ship
2: that brought me to Earth runs on Kryptonite. Start her up. She automatically analyzes her own fuel type. I have a piece of evidence with Kryptonite on it. I'm hoping my ship can recognize its subtype. Maybe I can link the kryptonite to some previous adversary.
5: That's why you came back, Clark.
2: What's the price for heroics, Mona? Prevent a murder, and a murderer goes free. Save one life, and others may die as a result. What if I don't go in there and read the scan? What if I stopped interfering just stayed here in Smallville and lived a normal life. I'm not human. Who am I to dispense justice to humanity?
5: You're Superman. You can pretend to be just Clark Kent, but you're not. You'll never be. You may be alien and I may be human, and that may make us different, but it's our belief in doing good that makes us the same. And we do good because we believe in good.
2: It's not that simple.
5: Yes, it is. And as much as I want you to stay here and be mine, I couldn't live with knowing you could be out there saving a hundred lives. You can't be the man who comes home from a hard day with roses because your day never ends. That's lucky for the world. It's just unlucky for me and for you. I love you. Goodbye, Clark Kent.
3: And with that, Lana turns and leaves as Clark painfully watches her go, her words falling heavily on him. Clark spends one more day in Smallville, and Lana was right. In no time, he was flying around town saving people, putting out fires, being the hero. And as a token of his rekindled love for Lana, he leaves roses on her porch. One hundred roses. He makes one final trip down to the bunker in the old barn to check the scan results on the Kryptonian ship. He fits the sundial readout back into the hull of the ship.
5: Processing request. ...fuel fingerprint identified
3: as... ...Lex Luthor. Somewhere upstate from Gotham. Ornate fencing. Rusted razor wire surrounds... ...what must have been a beautiful Victorian mansion. Now abandoned, windows boarded up. Inside the dining room... ...at a formal dining table... Both Jeeves sit facing empty plates, with IV bottles running into their arms, pumping a mysterious formula. The Joker sits at the end of the table.
4: More of Daddy's special formula makes the body ultra-fast and ultra-strong. I don't think your able-body assistance has gone forgotten. You know boys too often we lose sight of what's really important the simple moments sitting down to dinner together as a family i just felt someone needed to say it so why not me joker is dead no long live the joker he who laughs (laughs) last I can't even describe the thrill I felt when I saw him again for the first time. It was like a bolt of lightning through my body. Can you even begin to comprehend the shame he felt? The humiliation as he lay there utterly defeated. Think of it, his tortured soul, his boiling blood. (laughs) His every thought consumed by fantasies of uh, revenge. Yes, death would have been far too simple. I've been in the ground, I don't know. You were right to stop me. He has to suffer first. Now, I admire your dedication to the cause and your obedience to our, uh, shall we say, higher power. Now I only have one question to ask. How dare you?
1: You work for me!
4: Me, and only me. Until terminated. (laughs) Still, I must thank you. Were it not for your intrusive attentions, I would have lost my chance to savour his agony, to drink his tears, to clutch his misery in my hands. Cherish it, oh, Bruce. I have your just reward. Listen, can you hear it coming? Hmm? Listen, that gentle rustling like leaves skittering across the sidewalk on an autumn day of your last gasp as you beg for your death.
3: sits alone in the Batcave, save for the holographic version of Alfred, who stands nearby as the relenting hero broods.
0: He's the nightmare I can't awaken from.
6: You should have changed the locks.
0: What are you doing here, Barbara?
6: It's Commissioner. I'd forgotten how big this place is. A little dusty, though. And the real question is, what are you doing here? I've seen the headlines. Midnight mayhem. Batman fights Joker. Four buildings destroyed in the last two days. Fifteen criminals in the hospital.
0: More than anyone, you know what these freaks are capable of.
6: They're not what scares me.
0: Spare me the melodrama.
6: Computer, activate display lights.
0: As you
1: wish.
6: In case you forgot, I programmed all of this. Nice to see you kept my costume. And... Robbins. He looked so handsome in his Nightwing costume.
0: You're right. I should have changed the locks.
6: This is exactly what happened last time. After Blake died, how many did you almost kill? If I hadn't pulled you off the Joker, what would you have done to him? You were becoming one of them.
0: What should I do, Barbara? Hope your boys in blue catch him? Bruce. He murdered my wife?
6: Yes, he did. And I am so sorry. But look at what he's doing to you. It's pulling you into the shadows and I know what the dark does. We both do. He's killing you too.
0: You don't understand what it's like to
6: lose. Don't I? What about my father? What about you? That mask doesn't give you the right to kill. You will not cut a path of blood through my city.
0: Stay out of my way, Barbara.
6: Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this is what you want, what you always wanted. Another excuse to hurt someone, another call to violence, to cause so much pain that you don't have to feel your own. Maybe the real monster is inside you.
0: Is that all Commissioner Gordon? Because if so, I have work to do.
6: Stop yourself, Bruce. Before someone else has
3: to, Superman heads to Metropolis Prison. By permission of the warden, the Man of Steel visits an high profile inmate, Lex Luthor, and he's bent on getting answers from him.
7: Hello, Lex. I imagine you're here about this business with Batman. Why would you think that? Whenever someone acts in a way you find disagreeable, you assume I'm involved. Are you? Not in the slightest.
2: Then how would a terrorist get his hands on kryptonite? It's not as hard to come by nowadays. With the same radiation signature as the kryptonite bomb you detonated in orbit? Well,
7: I can hardly keep track of my toys when I'm pulled from the playpen now, can I? You don't seem surprised. Being surprised that someone wishes to harm you? Now that would seem insincere. Who are you working with, Lex? Who has access to your materials? Now why would I tell you when I wouldn't tell those oh-so-persuasive fellows from the Metro PD? You want persuasive? Oh, okay. What do you want? Ten minutes with my lawyer, in my cell, unsupervised. I have affairs I wish to put in order. Done. All right, kal But you won't like what you hear. The project was called Achilles' Heel, their designation, not mine, as it reflects a rather pedestrian understanding of the classics. I'm listening. Its purpose was simple, to gather and enhance kryptonite in order to create a bomb. A bomb that, when detonated in orbit, would make the Earth lethal for Superman. My employer was the United States Department of Defense. You're lying. Don't insult me, kal Our government wanted a kryptonite bomb. They wanted it for the day you woke up and decided it was truth, justice, and some other way. That's the real reason I'm in here, Superman. Because I tried to get rid of you before and they were ready. Poor Superman. So naive. You'll never really understand this. I have nothing against you. It is your paternalist meddling I despise. You may have pulled the others along with your tide of self-delusion, but I know what you really are. You're an alien, invasion of one, here to rob us of our destiny. Who gave you the right to be our god? This is a
2: manipulation, Lex.
7: Yes, of course. That doesn't make it not true.
2: Somehow, you're trying to put Batman and me against each
7: other. No, Superman. Your mere presence on this planet has done that. I have not enjoined Batman to play interloper. But if he does, oh, how I will applaud. Eventually, we will all turn against you. One day, I will see a world without Superman. One day soon.
3: Little does anyone know, but Batman was listening in on the entire conversation from the Batcave. With Alfred's assistance, he hacks Langley, finding any and all information he can get on Achilles' heel, the supposed government project that Lex Luthor mentioned to Superman. To his surprise, the project exists, and he is able to determine its location. Using his extreme level of stealth and a camouflaging Batsuit, he breaks into the secret government operation, which is disguised as a cookie company, and steals a large kryptonite rock. Bruce walks through the cemetery on a cold afternoon. He stops over a fresh grave. Elizabeth Miller, Wayne, beloved wife. Bruce's face is painted with loss. He realizes he is not alone.
2: I hate being here like this. I want to be able to talk to you. Tell you how sorry I am. That I'd change the past if I could. I think Lex Luthor is involved. And... whatever Joker's doing... it's a trap.
0: A trap? Yes, I know. Of course.
2: Then don't go! But that's the key
0: to a good trap. A bait you crave. A bait you have to have. And I will have
2: him. This isn't coincidence. Attacking us both? Luring you to Metropolis? We're supposed to fight. We're supposed to destroy each other. Don't you see?
0: It doesn't matter what I know. This is a trap. That they want us to fight. Sometimes the villain's plan works. Sometimes the bad guy wins. What if it had been Lois?
2: I'd want you to stop me.
0: He killed my wife. I can't bring her back.
2: But I can kill him. If you start this... I have no choice, I can't look the other way. We were friends once.
0: I know, a lifetime ago. Now you listen to me, I am coming. Stay out of my way or I will kill you too.
3: Meanwhile, Lex Luthor talks to his lawyer as requested.
7: I would like to pose a hypothetical scenario, if you please. As a matter of legal interest, what if I had discovered Batman's secret identity? That seems an unlikely premise, Mr. Luthor. Batman's identity is one of the best-kept secrets. Let's say he's Bruce Wayne, or someone like Bruce Wayne. After all, those toys are quite a financial undertaking. What if, prior to my incarceration, I had located a rare recording of Batman's voice and compared it to the vocal signature of Gotham's wealthiest men? Now, say again, hypothetically, that the resurrection of the Joker was also my doing. Mr. Luther, that's impossible. You'd be stunned at what a little grave-digging DNA extraction and a billion dollars might accomplish. Hypothetically speaking, of course. Now, what if knowing I was soon to be incommunicado, as it were, I provided the Joker with a plan. Play one hero's weakness against the others, until they were literally at each other's throats. Why? To what purpose? Why, to rid the world of that alien, of course. The Joker murders Batman's wife. Batman vanquishes Superman. The Joker even gets to kill Batman as a reward. My question is, hypothetically of course, would I be culpable Legally? I... Uh, I would th- think so. In several different ways. <sighs> An almost perfect plan, then. I know you wouldn't share this with anyone. Uh, of course not. Attorney-client privilege. No, that's
3: not really why. Luther then moves with lightning speed, almost superhuman. He attacks his lawyer, strangling him.
7: (laughs) Attorney-client privilege. Time to go?
3: I have much to do. Moments later, now wearing the lawyer's clothing complete with his glasses and top hat, he sneaks out of the prison. Later that night, the bat signal shines on the clouds over central metropolis. Clearly, it's the Joker calling Batman forth. The bat plane, in its identical shape to the signal in the sky bursts through the clouds. As the plane dives straight for the ground in an empty meadow, it arcs impossibly at the last second, making a seemingly abrupt landing. The cockpit opens as Batman climbs out, his cape whipping in the wind. The Dark Knight peers through the meadow of Metropolis Park, the massive freedom monument in the background. He walks towards the spotlight and shuts off the light. He looks around for the Joker, but instead he sees another figure in the darkness.
2: I don't know where the Joker is, but I'm going to bring him in, unharmed. I'll say this once, and only once, walk away. I can't let you lose yourself to the very dark you've spent your whole life fighting.
3: Batman whips open his cape, arms extended wide in a fierce and deadly form. Revealed is his articulated bat armor that gleams darkly across his body with an unmistakable
1: greenish glow. Kryptonite. Forged into metal. diluted, Non-lethal. But rest assured, come within five feet of me, and you'll realize it's a whole new ball game. I gave you fair warning. Now stay out of my way. Or I will hurt you. No.
2: I'm afraid you're the one who's going to get hurt.
3: Joker's laugh looms overhead, somewhere above. Both heroes on alert. Batman bent on killing the clown. Superman bent on stopping the vigilante and capturing the Joker unharmed. Superman's eyes glow red. Batman's armor begins to glow. Superman lunges upwards towards the monument. Batman knocks him back down to the ground with a cluster of rockets, knocking the man of steel wildly off balance and crashing back on the ground. Superman struggles back to his feet and stares at his old friend with reluctant yet determined eyes. And then it happens. A glorious fight ensues between the two heroes. A series of blows from both assailants fire up the titanic battle. Superman delivers his fair share of brutal hits on Batman. However, the Dark Knight's kryptonite-laced suit weakens him with every jab. It's not long before Batman has the clear advantage, his armor creaking as he rains down blow after blow. Oh, that's right. Feel the kryptonite draining your strength,
1: poisoning you. It's almost like you're one of us. Almost like you can feel what we feel. This is pain. Get used to it. What? i have never seen your own blood before. There's plenty more where that came from. I, I don't want to fight you. Don't worry about
3: me. Worry about you. Batman pulls out an object from his utility belt and blows into it. It's a sonic whistle giving a high-pitched screech, which forces Superman to cover his ears. Meanwhile, the Dark Knight steps away, allowing his next move. The Batplane suddenly speeds towards Superman and slams into him, sending him sailing a great distance. A moment passes. Feels like eternity for both heroes. Batman slowly closes in, but Superman inhales deeply and exhales only as Superman can with hurricane force and blows a massive rush of wind, throwing the caped crusader into the air and crashing into a building in the distance. Superman descends and soars through the sky, then enters through the broken windows, searching for Batman who stalks through the shadows, taking cover. The Man of Steel uses his X-ray vision to look through the walls, but before he can discover his adversary, Batman shoots an arrow at Superman. The kryptonite-laced arrow embeds itself in Superman's chest. The brute and painful impact sends Superman out the window, impacting the sidewalk below, cracking the concrete. Superman's overcome by kryptonite poisoning. He's in excruciating pain as his flesh begins to pale. Batman drops next to the fallen hero, standing over him. brought this on yourself. I had no choice because you gave me no choice. The vigilante reaches down, grabs the hilt and snaps it off. Leaving the kryptonite arrow embedded in Superman's chest. No way for him to pull it free. Superman's eyes look up to Batman. Afraid. Pleading. Batman just stares down at him, almost sad. Then he walks away, leaving the broken man of steel lying on the pavement. bell in the Freedom Monument begins to toll, as if calling out to someone. To Batman. He listens. He approaches. He's determined to find the Joker and end him once and for all. By now, his armor is broken and falling apart. Despite overcoming Superman, the colossal battle left him badly wounded.
4: Welcome to this woeful tale's final chapter. And don't worry, no one else can hear. I hacked into your call's mic so we can be intimate. (laughs) Our unspoken pact, the implicit understanding we had that we would always be there for each other. Because who else do we have, you and I, but each other. When I try to kill you, you try to kill me. That's our purpose. That's who we are. I didn't even let death do us part. But you... I turned my back for
0: two minutes
4: you... You hang up your cake. Did you stop for one moment to think how that would make me feel? That man does not retire. Batman dies in my hand. (laughs) And tonight, on this giant stage, Joker kills Batman. Oh, can I tell you a secret? You won't fight back. You will fall on your knees and show me your throat. And when I come to take your life,
3: you will welcome me. The Dark Knight uses a jetpack to soar to the roof of the monument. When he makes it to the top, he hits a button on his utility belt, and the remaining armor and jetpack disengage and fall to the ground, far below. The caped crusader pulls himself up onto the moonlit roof, now adorned in his agile, night-black, classic batsuit. And there he is the Clown Prince of Gotham, directly across the giant deck, stepping from the shadows with an axe in his hand. You know I had to kill her. Don't you? Your beautiful wife.
4: How else could I bring you back to me? After all, that's what Bruce Wayne does in the face of personal tragedy. He gets all dressed up like a bat and starts looking for someone to butcher. Now... Killing the woman you love was the easy part. Creating her, now that was much, much harder. I had to find just the right girl, bright and hungry and unburdened by morality. Once I knew your true identity, it was easy to mold her to someone you'd love. One part beautiful, two parts smart, Inch of the mother you'd lost, a dab of the child you never got to be. Come on, Brucie. Didn't you think she was a little too perfect? This. this ruse is pathetic. Be honest, weren't there things you noticed? Mm, little things? How do you think I knew where you were going on your honeymoon? She was in communication with me the whole time. More lies. She was never yours. She was always mine. Shut up. I made you something.
5: For when everything seems at its worst, to show you just how much I love you, it's a surprise. It has to be just the right time, but for now- None
4: of
3: this is true. Oh, really? (laughs)
4: Look
3: at your ring. Batman man pulls off his glove, slips off his ring, and is shocked when he sees tiny engravings of Joker's face inside the ring. Ah, surprise.
4: No. Hmm, and they call you a detective. She worked for me all along. She knew everything, except, of course, that I was going to kill her. (laughs) It was all a ruse, don't you see? She never loved you, your um,
3: happiness.
4: It was all a wonderful,
3: practical joke. And with that, the Joker flips his axe and hilt slams Batman in the gut, knocking him to his knees. What? Why so serious? (laughs) That's what I thought. Joker raises the axe over Batman's head. His eyes look dead, giving a feeling of defeat. Batman simply kneels in place, eyes cast down, utterly shattered. Unmoving. Let's put a smile on that face Suddenly, a chunk of granite slams into Joker's gut, sending him sprawling to the floor. And from the emergency exit door comes Superman. But he's in terrible shape, still bloodied, ghostly pale, and utterly drained from the climb up the monument, as the kryptonite is still poisoning him. Suddenly, two forms drop from the structure above. It's Jeeves 1 and 2. The two super henchmen race towards Superman. The Man of Steel painfully battles them, clearly losing the fight. The ghoulish henchmen slowly push Superman toward the edge of the massively tall structure. Both Jeeves continue to beat down on Superman. They are on the brink of pushing him over the edge of the building. The struggling hero makes a desperate attempt to forge an alliance with Batman and calls out to him. Batman. An aching moment passes. Then finally, Batman comes to his senses and rises, racing to catch Superman before he falls over the edge of the building. And in a swift and epic movement, he grabs Superman's hand and swings his body in such a way that knocks both Jeeves 1 and 2 off the roof, sending them crashing to the ground far below, putting them out of commission once and for all. I take it you can't fly? Uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Kryptonite. I'm sorry. It's
3: okay. Suddenly, from the sky, Lex Luthor appears, clad in an armored suit. Both Batman and Superman can clearly see the stamp, Achilles' heel, embedded in small print under his shielded chest. Meanwhile, the Joker, still reeling, gets to his feet. Pathetic.
7: Predictable. But pathetic nonetheless. I knew you'd never really be able to kill him, Wayne. I anticipated having to finish Superman myself. But you, Joker, I expected more from. Him.
3: And I enjoy a zero tolerance policy when it comes to failure. And with that, Luther simply shoves Joker off the edge of the roof, sending the Clown Prince falling to his demise.
7: Now. You must be wondering what I'm wearing. It's made to U.S. government specifications for one purpose. To subdue a Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. I was prepared to kill one superhero. I suppose it won't be that much harder to kill two.
3: Suddenly, with almost superhuman speed, Lex punches Superman in the face, knocking him off balance. Then, a great battle occurs between the war-suited Lex Luthor and the two heroes. The two heroes battle ferociously, despite Superman's weakened state. The battle then increases, intensely. A lethal ballet of violence. Batman and Superman blur into one creature with four arms the world's finest heroes. However, they're clearly outmatched by the costumed Lex Luthor, who proves to be a tenacious adversary, one that will not be easily defeated. However, hope is on the horizon. A glimmer of sunlight begins to penetrate the sky. The nearest sunbeam hits the bottom of the monument's east side at an angle, illuminating the bottom 30 floors. Batman and Superman eye one another, both thinking the same thing. Then they rush to the edge of the building and jump. They begin rapidly descending downward, Lex Luthor racing behind them. Lex reaches Superman, grabbing him, punching him, kicking him through the air. But then Superman plunges through the first rays of streaming sunlight. The solar radiation empowers him, and he regains his super-strength and superhuman abilities. The fully-charged Man of Steel then whips around, grabbing the free-falling Batman before they both crash to the ground. Meanwhile, they both see Lex Luthor hit the ground, his exosuit exploding into the pavement. The heroes land safely on the ground as police cruisers arrive at the monument, flooding the chaotic scene. Everyone looks for Luther, but there is no sign of him or his remains, even in the crater left by his impact.
2: People don't just vanish. Are you sure?
1: Evil finds a way. Evil
2: survives. Maybe that's why we're here.
1: Maybe so. I gotta say,
2: You look like crap, by the way. You should see the other guy. Clark. Hey, it's the job.
3: You know. Truth, justice, and the American way. Then Superman extends his hand and Batman takes it. Their handshake is strong and lasting. Evidence of a friendship renewed. The now united heroes walk side by side into the dawn of a new day.